Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode two of For the Love Of. This time it's a conversation with my friend, Des Taylor, and he's an artist and everything. So I don't know if you guys caught the first episode with Paul Felder. That one was For the Love of Acting. Thank you if you did check it out and you're returning. For those of you that have caught up with this through Des's channel, my name's John. Hello, I do some TV work in the fight game. And for those of you who have followed my career from mixed martial arts, this is a very cool conversation with a good friend of mine. Des and I go way back. He has been someone that I've really looked up to. He really was everywhere in my local area, providing artwork for various different businesses and even for Cage Rage. Yes, that's right. The artwork that you see, the logo that you see for Cage Rage, my friend Des created that, but he's gone on to big things since then. He's internationally recognised, he's a pop artist, does all sorts of stuff globally and is right there at the very top of his craft and looks to be hopefully getting some stuff commissioned one day by Hollywood. That is the aim. So we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. It's worth me saying that Des was actually the very first for the love of recording that I did and, and this is from a couple few months back. So there are probably a few things that I would have asked him given the current climate that I didn't get to, but we're gonna run this back for sure. So a couple of things that we spoke about, uh, how he has gotten to where he has gotten, how he does what he does, his love of Star Wars, where all of this was born from, in fact, and plenty more, overcoming artists' block, etc. Now, if you're into art, or even if you're into the creative process, I think you're gonna enjoy this one. Thanks again to Des, and without further ado, here is our good friend, Des Taylor, for the love of arts. Enjoy! Appreciate you, uh doing this we've been trying to get together like this for a little while now years <laughs> I can't right? remember man absolute freaking years man Jesus Christ now I, I hope I got this right and I didn't dream this up my memory's shocking go on you and Cage Rage yes there's there's a, <laughs> there's something in that isn't there Some, there's something this there. is the craziest oh mate alright so I uh, can't remember his surname Dave O'Donnell Dave yeah Dave right. O'Donnell. So a friend of mine, a very, very good friend of mine from um, from school, uh, used to, you know, we were like tight. Uh, Andrea, uh, he, her cousin is married to me. Okay. okay. So I just, you know what I mean, be, be me. She goes, oh, there's, there's, there's. My mate Dave is doing this um, fighting thing and he needs a logo. So I didn't actually speak to him then. So I was just got my, you know, um, speaking to Andrea. I was like, well, what does he want? So he's like, oh, no, he just wants a logo to go in, in, in the cage. So I was like, okay, and you know, for his business. And he goes, he might even want you to draw some of the fighters, you know, like as um, Street Fighter. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. Anyway, so I did the logo. Um, the font is uh, Batman Forever alternate. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Did the logo for it, didn't think anything of it. And then next thing you know, like, I don't know, a few months later, she goes like, do you want to come to one of the fights? I goes, what is it? She goes, yeah, it's like Cage Rage. You know, in the logo, you do, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, it's a big, massive fight. And yeah, uh, Dave's invited. So I went, met him, 
And then we met, uh, what's his name? Dave Courtney. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was there. All and the I have to say... Sorry? All the gangsters coming out. All right, all the gangsters. I'm, I'm telling you now. When I walked into that place, you could feel <laughs> the evil in that room. Right. You could feel it was like the gathering of gangsterdom of London. And like Russia and oh my god, you can just feel it. But anyway, <laughs> so that is my whole story with with with, with Cage Rage, and then obviously it just like went freaking crazy. Yeah, but listen, Cage Rage is is steeped in in MMA history. You know, he Dave O'Donnell lo- like him or loathe him, he ended mm-hmm. up bringing he brought Anderson Silva to London. Anderson Silva fought on Cage Rage. He finished some dude with an upward elbow, which no one had ever finished anyone like that before. Wow. Um, it was, yeah, crazy stuff. So, wow. You know, as I say, you know, he's a polarizing character as Mr. Dave O'Donnell. Um, oh, man, well, I haven't followed it, so, you know what I mean? You oh, have to tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's still, I think he's still, he's still doing stuff. But right. you're, you're telling me the Cage Rage logo that we see, you're behind it. So I'm behind it. I've even got it on some Love freaking that. hard drive. <laughs> Love that. Love Somewhere. That. Um, well, that's gonna that's that's the little MMA connection now. So people who are watching this, who naturally probably would be following me through through MMA things, there you go. All of a sudden, you've thank earned you. you've thank earned you. their massive respect. Thank you, um, thank you, thank you. I'll take all the accolades. Yes. Uh, but a uh, friend, uh, you know what, I can't take all of it because I remember that, oh, Haji, a friend of mine, he's the one that built their site. So, you know what I mean? Okay. I did the logo, he built their site. Yeah, you didn't you know need to I mean? do that. I'm going to edit yeah. that out. because right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, listen, mate, like, there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to talk to you about because I think as friends, we don't really get into the particulars of one another's journeys and... Like we've known each other for a long time. There's been a big yes. gap, but I remember the the late like nineties and noughties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we used to hang around a bunch, and and I've been stalking you recently and going back through the archives, and I didn't realize half the shit that you've done. And I'm like, oh, he did God. that, he did that, and I want to talk a little bit more about it. And as someone who is like mildly in the creative process, I want to see how it works for you. So. Indulge me in all of this, and I, and I kind of like to right. start with these interviews going way back. God. So, so I want to know if it was like if it was seeing a piece of art that made you fall in love with art, or whether it was the the process of drawing that actually got you hooked. Wow! All right, so we're going to go way back. We're going way back to Christmas, nineteen seventy-seven. Wow. Okay. Right, and my sister took me to see a little film that was kicking ass over in the states called Star Wars. Heard of it? So um, after watching Star Wars, I was inspired because there were no Star Wars toys. Okay. Right. So you got to remember anybody that tells you they bought Star Wars toys the year nineteen seventy seven is a liar. (laughs) No toys. Right. Toys didn't come until the following year. Right. Because, you know, they didn't know, realise this film was going to be so big. Lucas was asking for um, the rights to do like, merchandise. They were like, yeah, go on. You know, nobody's going to buy merchandise. Right. <laughs> right? Because of him, nobody can get a freaking merchandise deal now. Because they've oh, obviously right? had this clue. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because of Mr. Lucas. Because he made his fortune on the merchandise. 
Um, so, you know, I went home, no, no toys. So everything was in my imagination. I started drawing it. So I started drawing the Death Star trench battles and stuff like that. So that's where initially I got the art bug. But did um, you, how did you know that you could even do that? Like when I've got a piece, of, I got a drawing of my dog on the wall, which I'm so proud of that I've stuck it up on the wall. And actually Willie B came into this room, a friend of ours, for anyone else that's listening. Um, and he, he didn't believe that I drew it, right? Um, and it's, it's okay. I might even show you in a bit. But All right, go on. I didn't like naturally... It would, I'd feel you'd have to be brave. Like, I feel like there'd have to be. Like, I'm so competitive that to actually put pencil to paper, I feel yeah. like it, it must have been in you before. You must have known that you would be able to take an image and then put that and represent it in front of you. Do you know what my sister said to me? That the first thing she could remember me drawing was a rose. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so she you know, came into the room. I'm there trying to draw. I can't even remember that. But yeah, I mean, um, and then you know, I started reading comics, and you know, you were getting inspiration from comic books and stuff, and how to draw. You know, Spider Man and things yeah. like that. Um, but that was literally it. You know, I was just relentless drawing, 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 drawing. I drew every day. I used to have like a little sketchbook. And I'll sit down and I'll draw whatever was in front of me. Actually helped me a lot at college, you know, to get to know a lot of girls. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to sit down and draw them. They're, they're, this guy's looking at me, but he's doing something. What, what, oh, my God, is that me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I'd say that's, that's, a, that's brilliant because you're like, – wait, like back in the day, no Instagram – None of this stuff. So you're creating, you're, you're making someone, you're making a masterpiece out of someone, you're creating a model out of someone right there. Yeah, right there and then. So that was like, I guess my entry into art. You know, I went to art school and stuff like that, you know, to become a bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and but then, with, you know. With that, mate, just as, because I feel like with with my journey, it hasn't always been shared by everyone else around me, which is why I felt felt like I've I came off the path, came back, came off the path, came back. I've always felt mm. like you were very much your own person. Like yeah, I my generally speaking, my circle of friends and I, we never took photos. Like never had any photos. The only right. photos that I have from when I was a teenager and in my twenties are the ones that you took of me. And oh my god! Seriously, mate. Like I don't. It just wasn't there, and it's such a shame when I think about that. So, mm. with that in mind, like I know that we weren't your only friends. You like you were the probably the most connected, most known, most popular guy in town. But at the, mm. but none of our, none of my other friends had cameras and would even think about that. None of my yeah. other friends were, were artists, and I mm. feel like when it came to like martial arts and fight sports, etc., it was something yeah. I did by myself, and then. Because no one else joined in with me, I not lost interest, but it was difficult for me to maintain my passion because mm. everyone, and I'd have to go and play football, but then I'd yeah. come back to fighting. Yeah. Was that the same for you? Did you have other people that you were swapping out comics with and that you would you would go to classes with maybe or extracurricular no, stuff? No, it was just me, myself and I. You know what, fun enough, I'm going to jump back on something you just said, because I remember we were going to, we were going to, what was it, James Corden during the World Cup. Yes, we did right? go down. We were in the car, yeah, we did. and you were going on about this fighting thing. 
right? You were going on about, yeah, and this MMA and this, that, and the other. I'm telling you, it's got to be huge. And we were all like, whatever, Johnny. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we were just blanking you, right? You were, you were going on, you were so passionate about it and stuff. And we were like, it will never be as big as football, man. What are you on about? Yeah. Or as boxing and stuff. And the next thing you know, I'll never forget this day. I Because I remember, as you say, we, we lost touch or whatever. I was watching Sky Sports and lo and behold, I just nearly spat out my bit. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I saw you on there. I just lost my shit. I was like, Johnny, what the hell? And I remember, uh, I think a load of us were on Facebook or whatever. And we were just like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, well done. Obviously we ribbed you. But I'll never forget that. In the back of the car, you were freaking going on about you were so adamant about it so you know what I mean hats off to you man I can't even remember that I remember going to no. I do remember going down to the studio but I don't remember sort of banging that MMA drum back yeah man you were I don't even know he was called MMA then you were, right. you were just going on about it yeah you were you were yeah 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 because you know cage rage yeah 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 I think you were yeah you were talking about I think you were talking about cage rage yeah quite possibly Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that's mine. I love the way then that you've you've stuck with your your passion and and it's and you've made a career out of it. And mm. and again, I, I can only really talk about from a personal journey how it how I think I've not been as focused and I've let other things get involved and other people influence me and and mm. society as well. Like, got to pay the bills, got to get that nine to five, got like do what my maybe and I don't want to be mean or about my parents but maybe what they wanted for me and yeah. things of that nature proving to them in different ways but yeah. you stuck to it man and you've worked on that craft daily daily this is all I freaking do love giant from yeah as I say from seven years old yeah and what was that's it and what is and what was the goal? Are they are they one of the same things? Uh, how do you mean the goal? What is the, what, the so end? When, the end yeah, game? Well, so I guess when we get to that those ages where we have to start thinking about, you know, oh damn, I've got to get like a job. Um, yeah. What's the what was the end game? And is that end game still the same? In in its in the macro sense, I understand. It do you know what? Fun enough, you said, oh, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good question. Um, so for how many years doing this, I was just, basically, you, you, I was doing it to raise my profile. Okay. Um, a big thing happened to me, which basically put me on the map, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, going forward now, when I got into comics, when I first went to like New York Comic Con and I saw the, the, the guys that inspired me and they're all there. And I'm thinking, you know what, I want to be there. So then, you know, I went flat out and then finally I got there, you know. And now I'm a regular at all these conventions around the world. And then what's the next end game? It's Hollywood. Now I want one of my IP to become like a TV show or a movie. So that is my goal at the moment. And I was that close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like five years ago with... uh, the Trouble with Katie Rogers. Um, that got picked up by RTV Studios America. They got options to be uh, turned into an uh, animated show. Right. And then, damn, thing fell through. 
because the producer left the the company and this new person was going to, you know what I mean, basically just drag it out and everything. So I've got my rights back. So, yeah, I'm here trying to get that repitched. Yeah. And then, you know, I met this amazing uh, woman, uh, Lisa Lindo. She's uh, now my agent. And now she's going around Hollywood when it opens back. Yeah. Um, to, um, you know, take meetings and stuff. So that's my next goal. Right. So, you know, I get that, turning something into a TV show or a movie. It's going to happen. And then it's gonna happen. that's it. It's gonna and then happen. after that, I will chill out and say, you know what? I've achieved it. And I'm now I'm just going to structure this all and lead this to my kids. And then you guys do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Love that. So that is it. And and some people that might be listening to this, you say you've just you've landed this this uh, new agent that you're really happy with. That in yeah. itself, from talking from, and again, I, I'm I'm sure they are comparable. Like I can't mm. get an agent, I can't get an agent for what I do. I'm not, and I don't mean that in like an arrogant sense. Like I can't get an agent, but you, a lot of people assume I I have an agent. Like I do all this stuff by myself, whatever. So why don't you have? All right, if you don't have an agent. Still, still can't get my head around that. <laughs> it's why don't you have an assistant? Yeah, no, I don't have any of that. But but what? But let me make my point. So the point, like, I think it's a big thing to be able to to land an agent who has mm-hmm. those kind of contacts that can that can work the angles for you. Because let's be honest, like you're busy doing your stuff. You're, yeah, you're an artist. Yeah. It is a different skill set. It requires yeah. like a different profile, networking. Like the black book is different. Yeah. So the fact that you got them, that's brilliant, and I'm excited to learn that you've got this person who's bought into into you and, and your creations, this. and uh, and it will happen for sure. I know it. Will. Yeah. Well, you know what? As I said, I will. I am very persistent. I will carry on until I reach my goal. I've always been like that with pretty much anything I've done. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just like you know what? I want to get published. You know, I mean, my yeah. book. So I'll, yeah, I've got to do it, and yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, and even if it's to meet somebody, oh, you know what? I want to meet that person. I'll do it, and you know, somehow I'll freaking figure it out, whatever. So yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're jumping around all over the place, here, but that's cool um, because we're friends talking about this stuff, and I'm enjoying learning about these things. But mm. there is there's a massive part to your story which completely went over my head. And I can't understand. Maybe again, it's down to my poor memory. No, which I remember, one? I remember you, right? You, you were Michael Jackson, man. Like, if, I fucking knew this was going to come up. Go on. You were Michael. You were like. I mean, you can always wear a hat. Well, you could move like him. Uh, it was, and I just took it as. Because we're from that era as well, and Michael Jackson yeah. had a massive impact on on me and my taste in music and and all sorts of things like that. Everyone, say get everyone. Yeah, of course, of course. But then I realised you were on his payroll. I didn't know this, and you would have done that when we were when we were hanging out. Like that would have that was there. <laughs> How did I not know this, dude? So, there's some footage of me on YouTube. Um, we presented him on stage. Right at uh, where was it? It was the Thriller Killer um, party at Equinox, which is now what well, it's a casino now, isn't it? Right. Um, and uh, it's a funny tale because I was there selling my artwork, 
But Normski, if you remember Normski. I do remember Normski. Right. He was supposed to be comparing the show. But he uh, backed out from tonsillitis or something. So they said, we've got to have somebody to do it. So they gave me the microphone. <laughs> no way. Well, I'm not being funny, right? Everyone thinks of maybe an artist. I don't know what, I don't know art, but I would imagine you guys are in a room you've, and quirky personalities. Like you have the biggest personality in the room. So oh, I can man. see you comp, like know. emceeing. Like you have the voice, you have the energy. That's a perfect role for you, actually. So do carry on. So I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, it was really funny because uh, he was in, uh, Michael was in London at the time, and I didn't know. And I don't think the organisers actually knew that he was going to come through. So I got my earpiece in, and then I suddenly got this message, he's here. I was like, who's here? Because Michael is here. Michael who? This <laughs> is Michael Jackson. I said, shut up, Michael Jackson. Because Desmond, he's here. We've got security out the front. Um, we need you to um, keep the audience occupied for 15 minutes. Oh, like, shit. You had to warm up the audience. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, 15 minutes? Nothing takes 15 minutes. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Figure something out. So I looked at the DJ and I went, you know what? DJ, we're going to have a dance-off. Really? <laughs> some people on the stage and they're going to dance to, like, Thriller. So they got some people on the stage and they start dancing Thriller. Thriller's like a five-minute song, isn't it? That's because they've right. got 10 minutes. <laughs> so then I just started my club. Smooth Criminal's next. And then after that, we're going to do a bad one. And then there's we need two more minutes. I'm like, oh my God. So I remember I started like, jumping around and doing some, some, some mucking around or whatever. Then I got this call. Des, come backstage, come backstage. And literally, it was the kind of weirdest experience in my life. He's standing right in front of me. And I was tired. <laughs> Nothing scripted. I didn't know what to do. I just went up to him and goes, all right, Mike, how are you doing? And he laughed. He laughed. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I didn't even take much notice of that. I goes, look, uh, was he expecting you to turn up? You just come out of nowhere. What do you want? What are we going? What, what, what are we going to do? And then he said, well, you know, he had some, uh, one of the, um, uh, the people uh, that were organising the show came and goes, look, maybe we should just, you know what I mean, we'll put on uh, the music and then we'll announce him and we'll, we've got this thing, like this little soundbite. Um, we'll put on the soundbite and then, Des, I want you to go outside and then tell the crowd, you know what I mean, welcome, here's Michael Jackson. So I went out there and I looked at the crowd and I laughed. <laughs> because we have a very unexpected guest just turn up. How the hell? <laughs> out How the, the blue. Hell? Um, yeah, um, you guys are going to be, uh, happy about this one and then, you know, rabbit it on and then went backstage and all of a sudden, you know, they put on this little soundbite, you know what I mean? He's the king of pop, he's this and never blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, lo and behold, Michael Jackson. And then he comes out and he was like, the crowd took a second. Is that, is that him? Yeah, it's him. And then the place went mental. I bet it so, as I say, oh, there's, there's clips of it on YouTube. You can just uh, find Killer for a Party. Everybody had to hand in their microphones. You know, they gave Michael one and they took everybody else. <laughs> and I kept mine. Hey. So, on the um, video, you can hear me telling him <laughs> or shouting over him. It was embarrassing. But there was this one part where he's talking about Mariah Carey. And I don't know if you know about the whole Sony thing that was going on at the moment, at that time. 
Sony was trying to screw Michael Jackson over for okay. Yummies. And wasn't Mariah Carey with like a label boss? She was with the boss of uh, Sony. Okay. okay. Right. So Michael started telling his story and he goes, you know, I don't know if I should tell you this story. And then I got on the mic. I said, tell the story, Michael. <laughs> 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 and then Lloyd Bell, went on about this, this, um, he met with Mariah Carey and she was crying and la, 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 la. And then I held her and I was like, where's this story going? <laughs> oh, shit. And you create, you, you were the one that stoked that fire. Oh, mate, you want to hear, oh, God, I, if you hear, if you watch it, you'll just hear me just shouting over him and everything. And then, the funniest part of that day was at the end of it. He said his bit. I'm shouting at the crowd to tell him to calm down because they're trying to jump on the stage and everything. And then he, um, he went up to the VIP area and he watched like lots of the performances but one thing they hadn't uh taken into account they had parked the limousine he was in at the front of equinox and now a crowd has uh, appeared right the police have turned up and a policeman comes in and he asked me is it true is he in there i said yeah he's here and goes well you know i mean how are you going to get him out because you've got all these people here you see, you know what I mean? It's a problem. So I went, hold up a second. So I went in, everybody started talking to the security, and then I had come up with this idea. Why don't we get him a cab? Why don't we get him a cab? Out the back, get him a cab. Because you know what? I'll flag one down. So I run out the back, and I flagged down a black cab. I goes, wait here. And he said, I can't wait here. It's double the yellow line. He goes, trust me, you're going to want to take this fear. Stay here. So I stayed there. And all of a sudden, they bundled Michael Jackson into the back of the cab, and the cab driver just looked at me like, I went, I told you, and make sure you ask for a big tip. <laughs> then he just drove off, and that was it. It was just crazy. It was pandemonium. Mate, but what about the art? You were doing art for... Uh... I mean, I've got some, some one of the helpers there to try and sell some of my artwork, and like, I didn't sell it down, I think. I thought you were <sighs> illustrating for, for, his, for him, or... Yeah, I was uh, his official fan club illustrator for how many years? So, yeah, and I met him prior. I met him backstage at Dangerous Tour. Okay, that was the first time I met him, and yeah, I was working at Labricks then. Labricks, <laughs> Labricks, yeah. And I was wearing a uniform and everything, the tie. Oh, Turned yeah. up at Wembley Stadium, and um, yeah, there was like flashing lights, you know, because there's all the photographers taking photos of him. And then lo and behold, it's my turn. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> so, first thing I covered my my mouth was, "All right, mate." <laughs> And everybody was like, because everybody's kissing his ass, y'all. Hey, it's Michael. Hi, Mr. Jackson. Yeah, 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 Hi, yeah. mate. And then again, he laughed. And then his words were, You sound like Michael Caine with rocks in his mouth. <laughs> I and love I was that. Like, ha, 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 ha. I goes, Yo, it's an honor to meet you. You know, you've influenced me, but you get this all the time. And then I didn't know what else to say because my mouth is dry. And then I come with the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Make sure it's your best performance tonight because I'm watching. Nice. Nice. He just, just, he just looked at me. Yeah, he just looked at me, you know, for his, his, his silver glasses, his ears, and he just laughed. And then that was it. And everybody was like, I can't believe you talked to him like that. He's a human being. Yeah, exactly. But hence, years later, when I um, did the Equinox thing, he remembered me. He did? Yeah. Fuck yeah. He said, Gee, that dares is so crazy. That is brilliant. That is and people brilliant. hated me, man. All the fan club people hated me. I love <laughs> I like, that. 
But I've got to ask a question then. I mean, I know it was only a couple of um, a couple of meetings, but mm. what's it like being around someone like that? Because they don't get much bigger than Michael Jackson. Could you even feel that presence? And that- you know what? I'm not joking. Yeah, because mouth is dry, hands shaking, and then you know you're just like, well, this is like the, he was then the biggest, you know, like person on the planet. And then you know you're taking into account all of the stories about the color of his skin. And his Pinocchio nose and, you know what I mean, all that stuff. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, it was like an out-of-body experience, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's in front of you. The first things I'd gone, it was the size of his hands, they're massive. <laughs> they're really? fucking huge. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, I was like, freaking hell, Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, I swear, blasphemy on that. No, no. And just, then, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden... I noticed, all right, yeah, the, the the pale of his skin, but his fingernails were, you know, you could see the natural black right. in his fingernails, and also you could see the, the natural black patches in his head. Okay. So that was like the shock. I was like, wow, okay, so he is real. Jesus, God, he is porcelain. Right. Oh, wow, yeah, but, and then, head to toe, covered. He was makeup. Covered makeup. So whatever yeah, he was hiding or whatever he was doing, yeah, it was kind of sad. Yeah, very sad. The whole thing's really sad. But um, yeah. Even like what's going on here now, I'm just like, really? The man's dead how yeah. many years? Yeah, exactly. And it's a yeah. money grab if I could ever see one. I'm not saying he wasn't freaking crazy. The guy was strange. But I don't think he was a Charlie Chester, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, so um, that's mad. That's mad. Uh, well, let, let's talk a little bit about your um, your your grind in that sense, then, because I, I remember where we with Watford. Like, I know you're from London, but we met yeah. in Watford. You Watford. Uh, you couldn't walk through Watford without seeing the Des Taylor <laughs> footprint. Right, so <laughs> the entire high street that was hired by different bars and restaurants to like you know do all the boards and everything. So it was funny. Everything, but but you also did. I mean, you have your style, but you were, mm. and I, and this is this is kind of a question. I don't know if it's still the same case, but you were like a, a an artist for hire. Did you always yeah. say to people, "Here's," a, I'm going to ask this a different way. I had a friend no. of mine that was a DJ. We went down. There was a garage night recent not that long ago a few years ago we went downstairs okay. to this garage night my friend's a, a um he's a garage dj and he obviously wrote something on his phone he put a request into the dj this dj didn't yeah. know who he was so he turned around and said it's not a fucking wedding mate <laughs> and i absolutely died i thought it was one of the best come of like that has killed me my mate hot footed out the place like he was not happy it had crushed him <laughs> But I, I guess that other guy was just like, "Look, this is this is my this is my um, this is my art form. This 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 is my expression." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, stay you away never from stay away from that. Like I'm going to do my thing here. Now, have you always been someone who, with your art, you you want to always stay to your style, or are you? You because you wanted to pay the bills, or or actually you like the challenge of of drawing in in different ways. No, right. So here we go. Here's here's this 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 aspect of my my job. 
Right, so let's let's get something straight. It's not being all cupcakes and rainbows. Oh, and, no, you know, mate. Not great gigs and all that stuff. Right, so when the chips are down, oh, my mm. God. And you have to do those, uh, uh, what's the, oh, yeah, I remember one. Oh, I can't believe I'm actually going to tell you this, man. The day I needed to pay bills and I had to draw a cartoon strip for the freaking Arsenal freaking fan club. Oh, yes. That shit. This is coming a from a Gunasaurus. This is brilliant. Gunasaurus had me doing a Gunasaurus right for kids. <laughs> oh, man. It was like, ah, oh, I was so disgusted with myself, man. That's you like must still feel prostitution. Filth! <laughs> <laughs> That's like me so, being a stadium announcer at Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that. I never, this is brilliant. I love no, that. Oh man, love so that. yeah. I need to that, find this. I'm going to come driving past your house with one of those exhibition trucks <laughs> with, your, with your strip there. That's brilliant. Parking up drew, outside I your place. Arsenal Wenger's shaking the hands of this dinosaur, man. <laughs> this dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, yeah, yeah. So, going back to what we were saying, right, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, so, like, and then, yeah, there's been other kids. The ones that I hate is the ones that go, oh, could you draw a picture of me? I'm like, oh, well, what's wrong with your camera? <laughs> Why do you want me to draw a picture of you? And, you know, there's always like a portrait. I'm like, I'm not a portrait artist. I'm a cartoonist. Oh, well, yeah, I just want you to draw how you see me. Take a vote. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And then, you know, there's there, there's some guys that, I mean, I've done like uh, a few of our friends, funny enough. Like, could you draw my family? And, you know, you look and you go, you know what? You're actually quite quirky, all of you. So, yeah, you could just do it. Um, in fact, you know, uh, Joe Billiton, Tom Billiton. Yeah. Yeah, I did Tom Billiton's uh, family as like the Incredibles sort of thing. Right, nice. Like the Billiton. So, yeah, it was really cool. But they said, yeah, I just want you to do it your style and, you know, do what you want. That's fine. But it's the ones that, oh, I did this one, one Christmas. This guy <laughs> wanted me to draw his wife. I said, send some pictures over because, you know, it's Christmas, you need the money. She sends a picture. I was like, oh, shit. And then even my wife was like, oh, good luck with that. But they freak, they're freaky, freaky photos. He said oh, no, no. It, like, oh, wait, I've had some freaky ones too. <laughs> right? But yeah, this one, there's no other way of going about it. It's like, there's no way I can beautify this person. Oh. And then, I, so I tried my best, sent him the, uh, what I did, and he went, uh, the background's nice. It goes, but... Um, could you do something with the picture of my wife? I was like, what? what? He goes, could you like try and make her pretty? And I was like, you know what? He even acknowledges the problem. <laughs> right. Can you try and make her? That means you know. So I was like, you know what? And then I did my best. I'm not joking, man. I would have had to hire Industrial Light and Magic to do something. But then, yeah, I did my best. And he was happy with the results, and she was super, so, you know what I mean? But those yeah. are the, the jobs I hate. I, yeah. I freaking hate them. Like, yeah. you know, go to somebody that is an actual portrait artist if you want that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, me. You, you've kind of said there that you have to do what you have to do to pay the bills and stuff. 
Yeah. Has there ever been a plan B though? Like, has it always been art and nothing else has come to mind? Or have, or have you sometimes thought, had difficult spells where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go and be a recruitment guy or whatever it might be? Uh, no, no, this has pretty much been, I mean, over the past three years, I've found a sort of plan B and I've noticed like people will pay double for my pencil sketches. And I'm like the finisher. I like you know to finish the whole thing coloured and everything. Yeah. But you just want a pencil sketch, and literally that has been unbelievable. And actually, I don't. I I now I don't mind doing them. Uh, they're mainly of superheroes and stuff like that. So you know, it's something that you know I can just get down and knock out and you know but make good money. But that's still it. art, right? That's still art. It's still what art. I mean yeah. is, like, have, have you ever have you ever has it ever come into your into your sphere that you're like this, this art thing? Like, it doesn't. It, it's not going to pay my way. I probably have to go back a little while now, and I might have to. Yeah, do I'm what just I trying to do. You think? Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't actually think. No, but that's. But do you know what? That's the perfect answer because mm. I just. I think it just goes to show how much faith you had in in your craft and and in mm. your art. I mean, originally, I went to uh, you know when I was at college my drama teacher was trying to get me to go to drama school. So right. I had the choice. They said, yeah, yeah, you were, well, I was doing theater and stuff. And you know, you're great on doing theater. But my passion was with the art. And I remember she was so angry when some guy turned up and said, you know what? We'd love for him to be in our, was it drama school or whatever the hell it was. And I said, nope. And she was like, what do you mean? This sort of, Chance only comes once in a lifetime. That's your dream. I don't want to do it. You know, I'll just do it for a laugh. But you know, this is it. I, I'm an artist. I want to, you know, I want to be an artist. Yeah. Seems like, yeah, angry and shit. But you know, in that service, this. So yeah, and it's got me. It has doing this has got me in the most weird, uh, not weird, but you know, really amazing places, and has me, had me doing. Like off my head. Uh, when was it? it? Was during the World Cup. Um, I got a call from a friend of mine, which I, you might actually know. Do you know Sarah Franzel? Sarah Franzel. Name rings, I don't know. Maybe it's got a daughter called Grace. Maybe, maybe. Right, she, you know, she's round our sort of like yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like she got called out of the blue, and she's like, "Diz, uh, <clears throat> I need a massive favour." And so, like, okay, what's the favour? You know that she's a stunt coordinator. Do you know? I did not. No, you don't. All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so she, I was like, "Okay, what do you want?" She goes, "All right, we're shooting a film, and we need some more black people." <laughs> Straight to the point. I was like, "Where do I have to go?" She goes, "Like, right, come down to Brent Civic Centre next to Wembley." And, you know, I mean, we'll do your thing. But don't tell them that you're an extra. Tell them that you're a stunt extra. I said, I am not doing no stunts. I'm not no stuntman. And she said, just shut up. Trust me. You get paid double for being enough. You know? So I was like, all right, I'll turn up. Went down there. I'm wondering, what the hell film is it they want me to do? You can never guess what film they had me in. You could see me for about... Go on. Avengers Age of Ultron. No way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
No, man, for a snippet, you see, just as the Hulk is fighting the Hulkbuster, you see me dragging this woman out of the way as they crash through a window. So, yeah, that's me being a little artist. It gets me into these crazy situations. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love, well, you say crazy situations, and I was going to leave this part of the conversation until later, but you're stepping on my presenting toes right now. You, you were on um, Sky, you had it. You're on oh, C- God, I totally forgot about that. Exactly. That was the same. The same thing. Um, I don't what know. Was it like a, a DC comic? Um... DC fan cast. Yeah. So all the DC uh, CW shows. It was basically you were talking about them, and you know all the fans that love these shows. They all turned up in the studio, and they're giving their opinions on the scene and what's going to happen next week and all that sort of stuff. And I have to admit, I wasn't going to do it because uh, you know I was like. I'm, I'm, I've got work to do. I've got books to finish. But we were just moving house. We moved from Watford, and we needed uh, money, you know, for the stamp duty and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, adult shit. Well, yeah. And my wife says, "You, you gotta do it." <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, when I was doing it, I couldn't. Uh, I enjoyed tiny bits of it, but mainly I couldn't stand it because uh, Leah was born. The daughter. Yeah. So I was getting picked up from my house, driven to the studio. You know, you go straight into rehearsals and then you have a bit of lunch, whatever. And then, you know, you shoot the show at like five o'clock and then it's done. You come back home and then I'm here, rock a baby. Till God knows the clock in the morning. Tired. Yeah. I was constantly tired. So while I was doing the show, they were actually giving me rums and coke. What are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was falling asleep. I was falling asleep most of the time. And they'll come in and give me a quick rum and coke just to give me the boost. And I never stayed on script. It was just like, whatever. (laughs) I'll make this up. So that was like a running thing. And then they had like the big weeks from the CW come down. One episode and they they said, look, you know, you pretty much got to tone it down, stick to script tired man I was way off and then I just did the dead show and they were cracking the hill up <laughs> love that but you know I mean, everybody else didn't like it but you know what I mean who cares authenticity so, mate it was authenticity exactly exactly man I love that and what was so, Rick Edwards like to work with because as a as a presenter I've obviously over the years I've seen a lot of <coughs> and he's a smart cookie I, I, I like his style as well I think he's a, a, a Highly intelligent, yeah. highly intelligent. We went guy. back to Cambridge, right, or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got a degree and all that stuff. Highly intelligent, uh, very laid back. Um, uh, no, well, when uh, you know uh, filming was finished, he'd keep himself to himself. Um, but you know, I don't know. I had a chat with him, and he's like, you know, it's just, just, just who I am. I just like keep myself to myself, and you know, a lot of people might think, oh no, he's up his own ass sort of thing, but not yeah. really at all. Um, uh, he's a freaking prankster. Oh, is he? Yeah. Love that. Every freaking week I'd turn up and he'd try and, you know what I mean, mess with me, man. Every week. <laughs> but no, he'd be, um, we, we hit it off and then he invited me to his wedding, which was oh, pretty right. spectacular. Yeah, so it was cool. Very cool. I haven't stayed in touch with him, but you know what I mean? That's how it is, isn't it? Hey, listen, these things roll on, right? Life goes quick. Exactly. Life goes quick, man. So, um, yeah. So if if someone that was an aspiring artist was listening to this, 
because I get, I'm sure you get this. Like my DMs are, are not really from people that enjoy my work. They're more like, how do I get your job? How do I, yeah, how do I get into your job? So. Yeah, and and I, and it's the I actually recorded a video. Uh, I've got a little mini series on my YouTube channel. And one of them is like, this is what I did, and this is what I I would my prescription for anyone else who wants to do the same thing. Um, so, and I think that they are. It's we all have a different path into it. You've you've. Mm grown and earned your way to the top but i feel like from looking at it from where i am like you owned like your your circle then your regional scene then like mm. the net and you've grown it from there if you're brand yeah brand but you, so you, you have to it. you have to work like your you have to work your socks off in those in the little areas right like Watford, yeah. as i said walk down yeah. high street there's yeah. Taylor everywhere yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so how brands start? <laughs> and that's where you start though, right? You don't start yeah. writing into DC Comics day one. No, people think uh, they want the job before the job, or job after the job, sorry. They want the job after the job. Yeah. Straight away. Not knowing that they have to do the first job first. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, you know what I mean? If, if you've got the minerals you'll do well in whatever you know you want to do but you've just got to persevere you've got to eat it sleep it you know what I mean walk it everything it's got to be on your mind 24-7 yeah and how uh, long you, how long did it take for you to get your big break because I would imagine again like parallels TV world uh, the art world it, it's such a narrow do you know what funny enough you said I, 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 I will this is without any um, ego or anything, you know. I still haven't achieved what I want to do. Right. A lot of people say, "Yeah, well, oh no, you're doing this and you're going there and you're being invited here." And I'm just like, whatever. You still got to have goals, no matter what. Now, I could be, I mean, a, I don't know, a producer of my own TV show or whatever, and still you're like, "No, I am not there yet." There's something else. You've got to have a higher goal. You can't just stop. When you stop, that's when the you know I mean, the floor swept on you, and somebody will sneak in, and you know, uh, will, you know, will take over your shit. But you know, you have to keep aspiring no matter what. One thing that I, I've done a little bit of, I've been doing a little bit recently, is is writing. I do enjoy writing. I, I've, oh, yeah. I've actually put like writer on my website, and that's bad. Like there are proper writers out there, proper journalists. I don't fit into either category, but. It's a slightly inflated opinion. But what sort of stuff? What sort of stuff are you writing? I've been. I do, everything I do is storytelling about. But I do, unlike you, I guess, or similar but different. Like I, I, t- I listen to a story from someone, and I yeah. feel like I, I'm compelled to recount that story. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, and I like the English, the English language. So I, I guess I have a, my own little style, and I'll put it together. Yeah. So someone reached out to me the other day. I just did a, a piece for Fighter of the Decade in the Nordic region. Cool. Um, and I, re- I really enjoyed going back through and then adding a few bits of my own interaction with him as like a commentator on his fights, etc. So I've cool. done stuff like that. I've spoken about like fighters and, and little elements of what they were fighting for in that moment, that kind of stuff. That's brilliant. But so they're, like they're, you could be doing writing for like GQ, men's magazines and stuff? Uh, yeah, probably not. Um, but uh, you can you see this is what I'm talking about, man. Aspiration. Yeah, I know. What is your next thing? You like you've got the writing urge now. 
Yeah. I've got, well, fun enough, going back to my agent now, she is now, you know, all Hollywood is locked down. That's what she's doing now. And she's right. getting paid, what, five grand a pop just to write stuff for, you know, I don't know. Holy shit. TV shows and shit. Damn. So that's it. Um, but so start writing. Start writing. Well, here's the thing. So sometimes, I don't get it all the time, but you sit there and you have your subjects, you know, and you're like, oh my God. And I've come back to the piece of paper day after day after day. Now, luckily, it's it's like a side project for me and, it, and I kind of enjoy it. It's not how I mm. necessarily put food on the table. Mm. Is there such, so there's obviously writer's block, right? Yeah. Do you it's as artists, do, is yeah. there like an equivalent for artists? And yeah. when, when, yeah. when was the last yeah. time you experienced that and how do you overcome it? I experience it every day. No way. Okay, so how do you get day. past it? It's just having the will. Well, you know, no, no, in fact, now it's, I've actually got a formula. When you get old enough, you realise, take a break, don't stand there racking your brain, go for a walk, get yourself a cup of tea, watch something else, you know, get your mind off, then come back. Then it flows. Right. Then it come, all comes back. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, if you're standing there and you're just like, or sitting there and you're just, you know what I mean, racking your brains out, you're not, it's, you're not, you're not going to help yourself. You need to just clear your mind, go off, do something else, then you come back and it's going to come back. Because I've heard people from the writing perspective talk about, just write something, like anything, just get work oh, yeah, yeah, on a yeah, piece yeah, of paper. Yeah. Do you like yeah. start drawing stuff and then go, ah, like they screw that, throw that yeah, away yeah, and then you get yeah. down to the good stuff? Yeah, yeah, pretty much right. So me doing a comic book, the traditional way of drawing a comic book is you write the script. Yeah, obviously you've got to know what you, you, you're, you're writing about. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you there. Do, do you... I'm not an art man. Uh, and I should have said this right off the top. Um, so excuse my questions and stuff. Go but on. No. I, I assumed a lot of the time that someone, like with making music perhaps, someone writes and then someone puts the melody to it. Like, do, right. do people write for you? You then, you then create the artwork around it. How, how does that work and are you different? Right. I am... The most different person. <laughs> no, there's other. There's a couple of other artists that work the same as me, right? Okay. Um, I right. The traditional way, the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to find somebody that can write. Okay. So you find your writer, and then you you know, confirm with them and all that stuff, and then you draw little um, preparatory sketches of your pages. You know, some like panels and stuff, and then you go back and forth, and then I ain't got time for that. For <laughs> <What> me. <mean? laughs> I ain't got time for that. So literally what I do is I have the idea in my head and then I draw nine panels of what's in my head, what I want what's, this what's story nine? to be about. Sorry, Des, but why nine? Nine, uh, one, because nine will fit up on my screen. <laughs> I, don't, no, no, fair, I didn't know whether there was like, a, like in your world, like nine is the magic number or... No, no, right. Well, so the other way is, is you're splitting up your story, okay? Yeah. Obviously, you've got to start in the beginning. Yeah. Okay, and introduce your characters. And then the second part is you uh, bring in what sort of turmoil is going to happen in your, you know, in, in your story. The middle part is usually the hardest part is, you know, I mean, what are they trying to achieve? And then there's that part where they have to overcome their obstacle. And then the finale, them actually saving the day or dying or whatever. So that's where I get my, my three 
six, nine sort of panels. Love it. Power. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, so I bung up the panels and then I look at them, I stare at them, and then I'll go, right, I want this person to do this, and I want that to there, and then I want the action scene there, and then that person is there. And then that's how I work it out. Then I'll write a plot, not a script. I'll write the plot so I know okay. exactly what's going to happen in the story from start to finish. Um, they, they call that the beat sheet um, in Hollywood. Right, so you write the beats of exactly what you want to happen in your story, and then I draw the damn entire thing, knowing that I know what my story's about, and then the last thing I do is I put in the, the script. I'll say, like, this person's going to say this, and that person will do that, and then this person will react to it, and then, yeah, like that. So that's how I do it. Okay. And and this is a really dirty, crude part of it but when when you're approaching the screen at that point has all of that stuff already been commissioned or do you like are you are you starting that project hoping that you're going to get paid for it or are you at a stage now where it's like we this is your time and how does it work all right so the traditional way it works is that you send some samples over to a publisher and then you wait for the publisher to tell you whether it's good or not i ain't got time for that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that business. So basically what I do is I just do it. And the same thing I'll tell you with your writing, just do it. Yeah. When it's, there's a lot of people that can't finish. They will start like a little project and they'll, they'll just like, I don't know, either give up or change their mind or whatever. You know, life gets in the way. But, you know, there's not enough finishes. So right. what I do is I just finish the damn project the way I want to see it hmm. because you know once uh, it goes to edit or if it gets picked up by uh, a network or whatever they'll change it but you have to make sure that you get your vision across first right right so that's in with anything so you know there's a few writers that you know say they want to work with me and stuff and do I have any advice I say yeah just write and complete the story yeah complete your vision and yeah. then you know what I mean the rest is well, up to the the gods, yeah. And you know, they, you know, you can self-publish now. There's so many ways now. You can, you don't have to rely on other publishers. You know, you could do things digitally. You could do things online. Um. So yeah. So yeah, we're in a much better position uh, now than we were. You know, like how yeah. many years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and one aspect of your life that is again, it was because I'm not in your world that I I love watching is your tours around the world at these Comic-Con gatherings and also, and this is brilliant, and I think you've orchestrated this very very well, the whole evolution from the characters that you've created and now you actually have models. You have, and I, you know, <laughs> I love that, models. You, you, have the, you, you actually have the form, like the, the human form is right there, all dressed up in, like it's a representation of, of, the, of this, the comic strip. It's brilliant. And I'm you like, oh, yes, it's like, it's, there's layers to it, right? It doesn't stop with, with the ink and the pages. All of a sudden, there's this space where you can bring everything to life. Has that always been there? No. Uh, you know what's with all of that, see, I'm trying to rewind. Um, we should start with. So Stephanie, right? So uh, Stephanie Castro's amazing, like pinup art um, 
actress or so, uh, model. Uh, met her at New York Comic Con, no, San Diego Comic Con, many years ago. And literally, she just came up to my table. She goes, I'm a big fan, I love your work. And I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Left it at that. And then, um, you know, follow each other on uh, social media. And then she said, you know what? I'd love to create an outfit of that character you've created. I'm like, really? Like, do you want some money for it? <laughs> She's like, no, 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 this is what we do. You know what I mean? I just want to do it. And then it just grew from there. And then her friends see it and goes, oh, we want to do that. And then once, you know, they've posted a few up on uh, uh, Instagram or Facebook, then, you know, you're just getting... Uh, they're homages to your art. And yeah. it's... it's oh, I just had one today, this morning. Um, this uh, girl uh, did one of my racer... Girl racer characters. I was like, wow. Oh, it's your birthday, Desmond. I thought I'd do this for you. So, so, so wait. You, you don't, like... You don't pick these these models necessarily. You don't you don't go shopping for the stuff no. they're wearing. Like these people come to you and say, "Can I be the, that yeah, human?" Yeah, yeah. Can I do it? And then you know you just hang out, and then you know make sure that that they're cool. I don't want no crazy. Hey, <laughs> listen, my missus, I'm a married man. This first meeting that you had in either Chicago or New York, I come home and I say, "I met this pinup model," and uh, you ain't going to those ever again. <laughs> Like you network with all these beautiful women, and Vesha is. I mean, obviously, no, you just got to know that yeah. they are cool. I can only really work with people that I know are cool, and I know that you know they are people that you could invite into your house, yeah, yeah. and everybody be cool. That's that's literally it. Yeah. The one thing, uh, yeah. the one Go thing on. I've loved about um, all of your work is is how you actually you've used. I mean, I think I, I think you've used me one time, Agent Gooden, maybe, but. There's a, a few of your, um, <laughs> a, f- a good few of your characters, I've, I know who they're based on, right? Like, I know. Oh, yeah, the names and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Steph, Stefano, Vericonda. Yeah. I've yeah, seen he's, this. He's I been think big, it's big Daddy Stefano. Yeah. You've also used, like, Nina. I remember Nina was. Yeah, like, one yeah, of yeah, Nina. As well, right? Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. So, you know, whenever I'm stumped for, like, characters' names and stuff. I just think, ah, oh, you know what? Like, Johnny Gooden. He sounds good. He sounds like a guy that, you know what I mean? It sounds like a, I don't know, a freaking RAF pilot or something. Hey, Johnny Gooden. Yeah, you. yeah. And then that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we move on. He gets killed uh, off. But yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, listen, I'm, I'm cautious of the time. You've got to put your kids to bed and stuff. Uh, what's the work that you're most proud of to date? Oh, God. That's a very good question. Hmm. I haven't created it yet. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. what's, what's been the most significant work that you've created thus far that's kind of aided and assisted your career? Do you know what? I'd actually have to say, I know some people might disagree with me, but I'd have to say the trouble with Katie Rogers. Okay. Yeah, because not a lot of people expected... Uh, me to do that you know, they, you know I wanted to create like a superhero but I thought you know what everybody's doing superheroes let me do something different something that would literally you know I mean throw a curveball right and when I created that it was like hold up a second a lot of people thought it was a girl that was doing it oh really yeah for years right. for absolute years 
And then, you know, when the word got out, it was like, what? <laughs> I love that. I yeah, love that. That's wicked. And people see that, like, what? This English black guy is, 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 is the character. Like, yeah, that's me, fools. I love it. And she's hot so, as well, which is kind well, of weird because she's my, like, my best mate's ex. Oh, really? <laughs> was, it, was it Lauren? Was it La- Lauren Cox, yes. Yes, you can bring it out. She was like the first, you know, like inspiration for the character because, yeah. you know, she was running around, you know, trying to do everything um, in a day. And I'm just like, literally, I was sitting there and watching. I was like, you know what? That's the character. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just, you know, I mean, every day, Freaking girl that's trying to juggle uh, love life and this and that and blah, blah blah. And that time, Sex in the City was really big. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, people just like, especially the girls, they just jumped on it like mad. But that was my secret. It was like, no girl's ever gonna know yeah. that it's me doing this shit. Yeah. And that was around MySpace, and we were killing. We were getting thousands of followers that doing that. And then I took it serious when they were asking advice. I was like, well. Oh, I don't know about this girly shit. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go like, ask oh, some of my friends, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean? How should I respond? Go, oh, yeah. yeah, well, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. Yeah, and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to need some help with this. So, yeah. So I would say that. And then obviously, you know, I got me to San Diego Con. I met some producers, you know, we almost made a TV show out of it. So, yeah. That would, I'd have to say, that was my biggest achievement, but I haven't achieved it yet. So, so I do. Still, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. That's it. Okay. That's it. So we'll see what happens. Um, is this lockdown situation help? Like, are you used to this isolation thing? I feel like I am. It I'm is, in isolation it, all the time, just researching. So is it the same deal for you? It, no different. It's just <laughs> like you know, I'm in another day. You know, welcome to my world. Yeah. Um, what is hard is the homeschooling. Yeah. I'm trying to do this homeschool cook. It's, that's that's the thing that's um, it's hard it's, it's it's a struggle yeah yeah and obviously none of those exotic trips to Dubai and stuff to look forward to Dubai I went to in February uh, and then all the madness happened yeah um, and then yes yeah, so San Diego has been cancelled my holiday to Barbados was cancelled um, yeah New York Comic Con's most probably going to be cancelled so yeah this the, the year is a dead rubber. But for me, and I guess for you, you have to put this down. It's an opportunity. Yeah. To just do everything you need to do for when the doors open again. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's an opportunity. There's going to be so much opportunity. A lot of people thinking, oh no, there's unemployment and this and that. If somebody loses their job, then there's a vacancy, isn't there? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So okay. have your product, whatever, whether you're writing or, you know, you've got to do your presenting thing or the patron shit I keep telling you to do. <laughs> um, just have it ready for when the doors open because people are going to be looking for, right, so what can I get my hands into now? Is it, is it, are you um, careful not to put too much, too much pressure on yourself being in this lockdown state that you need to do, like, break down new barriers and stuff like that? Or are you pretty, because you're quite laid back, not like me. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, well, no, 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 I am, I am, uh, uh, very hard on myself. I'm always pushing myself, no matter what. I don't, my wife will even contest to this, like, I can't take a break, really. Right. Because I keep thinking, something my mum used to always say, while, um, the other man's sleeping, you could be doing something. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, no matter what, you know, I'm thinking I could be doing something right now. I'm yeah. sitting outside, you know what I mean? Oh, it's really nice sun. I don't care. I've seen the sun before. So, you know I, mean? I could be finishing a page or I could be writing or I could be, you know what I mean, creating something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. No, I love it. Love that message. Um, mate, I'm going to let you go because I know you, you've got a family. Um, this has been fun. I could talk. There's so much stuff that I know that I could unpick. So we can do round two at some point. We'll definitely do a round two. For sure, we'll do a round two. Um, so thank you very much. How can the people check out your artwork, follow your journey? Um, if you want to see more of my artwork, you can uh, go straight to despopart.com or anything on social media. Just type in Des Pop Art. Love it. Follow me. And I have a wonderful Patreon page that you can follow called the Des Pop Art Club for all the exclusive stuff. So, uh... <laughs> Johnny, man, it's been real. Thank you so much. It's been an honour yeah, talking to you again after cool. so Thank long. You. And uh, just to finish up, I'm actually very happy that the season ended because it wasn't looking very good for Tottenham. Um, so, yeah. You and me both, right? You and me both. Although yeah. any hope that we had of keeping Aubameyang, I think, is gone. But there you go. Oh, yeah, a boomerang, he's gone, man. He's, yeah. he's going to go. I think he's yeah. gone. But you know what? To tell you the truth, before we cut off, I haven't missed the football to tell you the truth. It's been like a relief. <laughs> that's when you know it's bad, right? Yeah. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, it's like, oh, whatever, man. Yeah, I mean, I've got stuff to do. Netflix is... Tiger King has been more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. 